you are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We're back. It is The Issue. Another great episode for you today on Thursday, May 25th. Uh, it's going to be a really good one. More NFL to talk. And we have some interesting uh, an interesting list to go over. So kind of coming at it from a different perspective. I've seen a lot of things online recently talking about top receivers, top running backs in the league. We're going to rank weapons rooms today, and that can be found in the second segment. Uh, but we're going to start the show with Tim's rant like we normally do. Talk a little bit of uh, Las Vegas Raiders, a team that we haven't touched on in a while, but that... We usually get some good, like I, I guess, good fan interaction we'll, with. We'll call it. We'll call it feedback, just to be nice. Yeah, we'll <laughs> call, we get a lot of feedback from the the Raiders fans. So, we're gonna go after them a little bit today, and then uh, have hits and misses there at the end of the first segment to round things out. And like I said in the second segment, that's where we're gonna have our top ten weapons rooms. We're gonna break those down for you, go through the whole list, and then we'll have some sports news to close out the show. But overall, gonna be a pretty good one and no matter how you're watching we appreciate you getting here so whether you're watching or listening you can watch on youtube spotify and amazon prime video and then you can listen on apple podcasts google podcasts and um amazon music itunes you know the list continues to grow i feel like every week we get a notification that the show is somewhere else on a different platform so just go to the website all the links can be found there and uh, yeah we appreciate you stopping in yeah so you guys know I'm a, a nerd for the schedule release. I've said that about a thousand times. We've talked about it the last, what, two, three weeks now. Um, and so slowly I'm going over the schedule release, right? It's of every team's schedule, right? It's, it's kind of the slow season in the NFL. There's not a ton of stories right now. Um, you know, we're, we got like mini camp right now, rookie mini camp. OTAs are coming up soon, but uh, that doesn't. none of that's super intriguing unless any big injuries or anything, any big moves happen. But so that's why I kind of slowly look over the schedules. Who's got a good draw? Who's got a bad draw, right? And we'll go over the schedules. And then a story comes out that wide receiver for the for the Raiders, Devontae Adams, is already kind of unhappy like with the team. I think I think he's a little bit pissed off to begin with that they he went to Vegas to be with his old buddy and his old college teammate, Derek Carr. Right? Obviously, they trade him. Or I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they trade him to what? The, uh, the, the Saints, the Saints, right? Yeah. yeah. So he moves on. They let him go. And they replace him with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's fine. In my eyes, though, nothing really changes. Right? So I said this last year, and I got a ton of pushback. The Raiders love the moves, right? They went out and got Adelante Adams. You know, they got Chandler Jones. They got two good pass rushers, a couple good receivers. They had Darren Waller at the time. Josh Jacobs, you know, was set for a big year, and he had a big year. Uh, offensive line was still iffy, but improving. And I said, okay. And I, and I like Derek Carr, but they still have the fourth-best quarterback in the division. I mean, I mean, Ross played like the fourth best quarterback, but on paper, and, and let's be real, Derek Carr was the fourth best quarterback in the division. And I think Jimmy G is the fourth best quarterback in the division. So I said nothing really changes, and I, I personally would probably even take Derek Carr. And so I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm like, well, let, that's interesting. So he's unhappy. Jimmy G comes in. It's a new system. And so I said, let's look at the schedule. Right? I'm looking at it. They, they open at Denver, tough one. Then they go to Buffalo. Brutal. Brutal first two games. 
And then they finally come home for Pittsburgh in prime time. <laughs> okay, good luck. Um, then they go to the Chargers. They get the Packers at home. That that should be pretty favorable. Uh, they get the Patriots at home, but we know how Bill is against assistance. Uh, then they go to Chicago, which I'm not a huge buy uh, a buyer of Chicago, but they're going to be improved. They're not going to be a cakewalk like last year. Uh, then they go to Detroit. That's probably a loss. The Giants, that's a, that's a flip a coin game. Jets, that's a loss. Dolphins, Chiefs, Vikings, Chargers again, Chiefs again, Colts, Broncos. Good playoff teams, even average wild card teams. You could look at their schedule, you could pick out about four to five wins, and you're like, oh, that's an easy win. Like, that's no problem. Here I'm looking through. I mean, the Colts, that's probably a, a fairly easy win. They probably beat the Bears and the Packers. Those are those are the only three, though, that I can be like, oh, yeah, that's a win. Most more than likely, that doesn't feel like a playoff team. And 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 if you just close your eyes and say this, right, Josh McDaniels, or let's just go, we won't we'll, we'll exclude names. The head coach is under five hundred as a head coach. He's relatively new as a head coach, not super well liked. Drafted Tim Tebow, that didn't work out. Came for Derek Carr, but moved off him after a year. Okay. Um, offensive line was ranked somewhere in the middle of the pack, and it's not getting much better. Interesting. Wide receivers unhappy. Your next best wide receiver feels more like a three than a two in Hunter Renfro. Yeah, you get a new tight end this year, but you just dealt one of the game's best tight ends. You got no DBs. The franchise has been historically chaotic in the last 25 years. You've one of the poorest owners. Pass rush has two good pass rushes, but somehow still underwhelms a little bit. That's that. That's the resume. Your your quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. He's injury prone, decent in in big games, but let's be real, it's all underneath stuff. And who knows outside of the Kyle Shanahan system, who knows how dynamic he can be? Probably not very. If I had to venture a guess again, and I'm a Jimmy fan, I would venture a guess he's not going to be as good with Kyle. And even with Kyle, he was more like a B to a B minus quarterback than he was a B plus quarterback, which is what you need to be in the AFC to at least be competing for the sixth or seventh spot. Does that feel like a playoff team to you? Absolutely not. And I know all the Raiders fans, what are you talking about? They're going to be in the comments. Are you out of your mind? Absolutely not. I'm not out of my mind. I mean, the Chargers are certainly going to be better. Kellen Moore is a fantastic offensive coordinator. They returned two starters on the offensive line coming back from injury. They're going to be significantly better. Justin Herbert has yet another year under his belt. They're going to be better. You can't even you cannot convince me that the Broncos are not going to be almost double their win total. Would they win five or six games? If they're not around ten to eleven wins next year, I'll be damned. With Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, you're telling me Russell Wilson went from a hundred plus pass rating for four straight years, dips like that, is going to get a Hall of Fame coach and has none of that left in the tank after one year? You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind get a good running back back their, their offensive line's finally healthy they get a good receiver back tim patrick defense was even good last year it's going to be good again that's going to be a very good team that's probably a better roster better coaching staff better quarterback and the chiefs are the chiefs we don't even have to really talk about them and that's just in their division alone I'm not even talking the conference i think cincinnati is a better football team i think baltimore is a better football team I think Pittsburgh's a better football team. I think you could argue me into Cleveland being a better football team, and I don't even like Cleveland this year. I think Jacksonville's a better football team. 
I think Tennessee has the culture and the coaching to be right there with Vegas. I think Miami's a better football team, at least offensively in an offensive league. That's a better football team. I think they're better coached. I think Buffalo is a much better football team. I think the Jets with Aaron Rodgers are a better team. What's that put Vegas at, like 11 or 12? On a yeah. good day. I mean, what I said, everybody in the NFC North, that's four right there. I said, what, Jacksonville and, and Tennessee probably. I, we had, what, three teams in the uh, AFC East, and I think they're the worst team in their division. That's one, two, three. I put them at 12 or 13 in the AFC out of 16 teams. That feels like a playoff team to you guys? No, it's not a playoff team. You're delusional. And I like Jimmy G. I, I, I do. And he, I think he's a fine quarterback. I've said for years, I always thought he was, I thought he was a, a little bit underrated, especially in big games. But this, I mean, it's right there. Go look at the resume. Go look at what they're made of. Go look at the coach, the quarterback, the weapons. If Devontae's unhappy after the first six weeks, I mean, the first six weeks are, mm, the first eight weeks we'll go with. Right? I mean, they probably start 1-3, and 0-4. Oh maybe sneak in 2-3 of three between the Packers, Patriots, and Bears. Lose to the Lions. You could easily be 2-6, and 3-5. and five. I think Devontae's sticking around for that. That's a last-place team. That's a, la- that's a fourth-place team. You cannot have the fourth-best quarterback in your division and expect to be competitive for the division. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's just not. There's not much to hang your hat on if you're the Raiders right now. Uh, you know, we talked last week about teams needing the schedule to, to go their way because they need things to boost them up. They need cards to fall their way. They need things to make them, at least mask them to make them look a little bit better, maybe catch a couple lucky wins here and there. Yeah. But there's really none of that this year for Vegas. Nothing. Um, it's going to be, I'm not going to say weird, just because the division they're in, it's not a shock. Like, it's no, not a shock. No that they're going to be last in the AFC West. The AFC in, West is the best division in football. They're going to be 1 and 5, 0 oh and 6 in their in their own division alone. Come <laughs> on. That's a playoff team. Get out of here. Playoff teams are not 1 and 5 in division. No, they're not. I can't wait for this to be a hit someday. I know it. I know it. After yeah. the season it's going to be a hit. We'll be right and I'll be telling you all about it. But for right now, let's start with the uh, the current hits and misses. Hit number 1. I just said it. I've said it before. The Chargers are going to be significantly better this year. They have a much better roster I think, than they did last year. They have a better roster than, I think, Denver and Vegas. Close. You could argue better top-to-bottom roster than Kansas City, although Kansas City's high end is a little bit better. Uh, anyway, so then what do you know? Uh, Austin Eckler re-signs a, or not even re-signs, but agrees to a restructured deal to keep him in L.A. Uh, so now you have a top five running back, at least production-wise, top Easily. three maybe. Yeah. Uh, you have Justin Herbert, who we think we can consensus is a top five quarterback right now, at least talent-wise. Uh, you have a really, really nice receiver room. We'll get to you know the weapons rankings here in a little bit, um, but really, really nice weapons. You get Khalil Mack, you get J.C. Jackson. So really nice roster, and of course they double down on it by uh, by getting Austin Eckler back on a restructured deal. Yeah, and that's going to be a team that I think. We're finally going to start to see those steps that we've been projecting. I feel like for the last two years, we've been sitting here saying, you know, wait on the Chargers. They're going to explode. They're going to get really good. Uh, And they've been taking those small incremental steps up. Well, now you add Kellen Moore. You add a really good offensive coordinator into the mix uh, to to complement Justin Herbert. And I think he's going to make him fantastic, especially in a competitive division like that. And you're going to see two matchups a year with the Chiefs. I think it could get really interesting, and this could turn into even bigger. 
bigger of a hit. Yeah, miss number one here. A little basketball. We don't talk a ton of basketball, but I never really thought Nikola Jokic was a good basketball. I mean, I thought he was a very average NBA player. I wasn't a huge fan of his game. It's a bit clunky, loose, kind of unpolished, um, which is very odd as a Euro- like European players usually come over super polished, like a Luka Doncic walks in first year 24 game, right? Dirk was super polished uh, when he came over, right? So I, I didn't think he was a very good NBA big. That's incorrect. He's a very, very good NBA player. Obviously, was the MVP two years in a row. Not this year, but the two years prior. Uh, he might be the best big in the last, like, five years. Leading Denver uh, to now the first NBA Finals they've had in the last, like, 40-something years. Uh, so, congrats to Jokic. He is a much better player than I had initially thought. Very layered. He can assist. He can rebound. He can score. Um, so, good for him. I don't know. Don't, don't Like I said, don't talk a ton of basketball, but you got to tip your hat. When it's due, and it's due. Yeah, 100%. And hopefully the Lakers will not be a part of that. They, they're not. They got yeah, swept. Not. Oh, that's right. They that's right. Last night. Perfect. Thank yeah, God. That was, that was so I good. Just, I, I was like, so do not glad like LeBron that to much. watch LeBron be sad. I, I just, tweeted about it. If you I just really don't out. like him that much at no. all. No. I used to hate him a little bit more. At least now, like, I used to not even respect him. That's just dumb. you got to at least respect how good he has been and is. Yeah. Never really liked him, though. I just... He's a he's a polarizing player. You either you either love him or hate him. There's not really any in between on LeBron. For me, it was the way he left Cleveland. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Like when he went to the Heat, like that first initial like pep rally or whatever. He's like, "How many finals are we gonna win? Not one, and then not ten, not eleven. Like, shut up. That's stupid. Now you just sound dumb. Now you just sound stupid. Um, so, <laughs> like, let's keep it realistic at least. Yeah. But anyway, ever since then, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But anyway. Uh, hit number two here. We've been saying for years, the Yankees need to less worry less about home runs and worry more about strike out less, walk more, and hit for average more, right? Get on so base. that forever. Finally, they call up Anthony Volpe, who's more of an average guy, more of a steal some bases, more active on the paths, much more of a, how do you say, sustainable baseball player than, hey, let's hit 220, walk about, I don't know, 10 times a year, and jack 25 home runs, but strike out a ton. Like, that's not sustainable. The model that they now have is a little bit more sustainable. They've played a lot better over the last month. And the turning point, not even turning point, the cue to me that they're moving in the right direction is Aaron Hicks. He's been DFA'd, uh, designated for assignment. Finally, get rid of old, expensive, and unproductive. Get young, feisty, twitchy players, right? Aaron Hicks, who's, I don't know, 30-something, strikes out a ton and doesn't give you a bunch of, you know, base hits does not give you enough hits get him out of there he's old expensive unproductive you don't need him get young get more anthony volpe's up like that's it that that's the type of players you need well that's the that's the strategy and the type of player that wins in the mlb that's what you need that's what baseball is at its core you have to play the game at the right way you have to play the right way you can't just strike out you can't strike out as much as you as you you know Strike out four times as much as you hit home runs. It's not going to work. Sure, you, That's not the right model. You sold a lot more outfield seats, a lot of tickets in the outfield. Yeah, in uh, right field. Uh, hoping for a bomb. Uh, but that's not leading to wins. That's no. not uh, that's not carrying over into, into the playoffs. That's sustained the playoff runs. Yeah, this can, though. So, yeah. uh, missed number two here. I said when the Penguins, the Islanders, and the Panthers were all fighting for that playoff spot, right? I said, it's not going to really matter anyway. None of them are going to win it, right? Boston's very good. Um, the Canes are really good. I said it doesn't really matter. 
The Panthers are up 3-0. Have you watched They're any of that? They're up 3-0. Have I've, you I've watched, watched every game. I've watched every game in the series. The four-overtime game, the other, the uh, game two, the overtime game, and then the one nothing win last night. Or not last night. What was that? Monday night. Monday night. Monday night. The Panthers are a damn good hockey team, they man. Are. That's a d- well-coached. And I said this. It's about playing good at the right time, right? The Nationals, when they won the World Series, were, what, 19-31 and 31 at the break or something like that, yeah. right? So it's like it doesn't really matter how you play at the beginning of the year, right? How are you rolling down the stretch? The Panthers are playing really, really nice hockey. Yes, it's the defense. It's the goaltending. But Bobrovsky. the thing that surprises me the most is that the Canes have so much more speed than the than the Panthers. Yeah, they, they so much more. And that's been like the recipe to win in the in yeah. the NHL recently. Yeah. Right? You have to have the speed. Dump and chase. Yeah, I remember if we had like Haglin stuff when right. we were making and winning titles. That was what the Penguin strategy in 2016-2017 was get the fastest guys with the highest hockey IQ and just get them to run. Just get them get them get, moving. Move and process faster than the other team. Yes. That's basically the, the, uh, the strategy. The Panthers play a very like good blend of they do have some speed but they're also going to punish you a little bit they they have some bruisers in there to go dish out some hits but just the way that they've held the canes at bay nobody else in the nhl has been able to do that all year long nobody's been able to hold the canes um and then you know they pull the goalie last or on monday with what uh like three minutes left in the game three and a half three yeah three and a half left Still couldn't get anything going. Nothing. Played great defense. Nothing. Um, you know, the, the Panthers look like... They're legit, man. They're legit. That's going to be the team, I think. All right, hit number three. The conference finals have been awful in both the major sports right now. Hockey with, what, 2-3-0 series or 2-0 and 3-0 or whatever. It's 3-0-3-0. It could be two sweeps. And then you get, in the NBA, you get the Lakers just got swept and Miami's on the verge of sweeping Boston. Uh, the conference finals have been so... And I, we said this for a while. Shorten the regular seasons make the playoffs matter more. The reason that these conference championships have been awful is because seeding's not as accurate as accurate as it used to be because nobody prioritizes the regular season like it used to be. You don't get a fair shake. You don't have a good idea of who really is the one seed and who really is the eight seed. That's why an eight seed like Miami can be up against Boston and look like a significantly better team. Yeah, you have a point. So it's like we've been saying for years, shorten the regular season. Nobody prioritizes it anymore. And now you're seeing the result conference championships that are really not all that competitive yeah and it really just it sucks because you like to see the conference championships go to game you really do you like to see it go deep into the series and a little bit of a battle but in hockey you're looking at two sweeps coming up possibly and in basketball you had one you're gonna have another probably so four sweeps in four conference championships across two major sports yeah it's not good that's insane that's unheard of Miss number three. I thought Aaron Rodgers would be the same old Aaron. You know, take his off-season off, go out, probably smoke something new. I don't know. He just <laughs> Drink a different kind of tea. Yeah, something. I figured he'd do his own thing, right? And gotta, you know, i got to give him credit, though. And he deserves all the credit for this. He's been at all the off-season stuff. He's been at the facility. He's been thrown with Garrett Wilson. He's been available. He's been present yeah. for the Jets' off-season work, which is exactly what you need when you go to a new team with a new system and new players right so i gotta i gotta give him credit for that didn't see it coming good for aaron good for the jets right and we said that was going to be the pivotal factor too on how this jet season turns out because in if you don't have aaron Rodgers in the building every day things could get ugly quick especially with all the new pieces around him learning the new system and how how that's all going to shake out and work yeah. my second question though is how long is that going to last 
does this last into another season? Does this last any longer than That's what we're going to see That's here? That's a good point. Once that New York, we've said it. There's a lot of uh, unfavorable games in that Jets schedule it where they get have rough. prime time, prime time and they're flying games. back and forth all over the place. They start to lose and things start to go sideways. What does Aaron look like in that in that spot? And number two, can he sustain this? I, I when have we ever seen Aaron sustain a hard work ethic in the in the NFL? We've been talking about so many. Sports. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting. It's an interesting point. It is. All right, don't go anywhere. We got the uh, top ten weapons rooms, right? So wide receivers, running backs, tight ends in the NFL, not just AFC, not just NFC, the entire NFL top ten. Weapon rooms don't go anywhere. Hello. Welcome in. It's the issue. Second segment. On the 25th of May, we're almost to June. Birth month, of course, for the both of us. Come on now. Um, you, yeah, Of course, we accept presents. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the, in the form of, well, yeah, you could do that. I mean, if you really feel like it. Um, also, in the form of just buy some stuff off the website how about that yeah how about that for sure um we're gonna have some great summer stuff coming out so i mean why would you why would you not actually it's actually rolling out this friday doesn't make a ton of doesn't make a ton of sense why you why you wouldn't to be quite honest with you um i mean what you're a business guy does it not make a ton of logistical business sense it really does i'll tell you what i think about it i'm more of a uh, you know the exercise science field and i'll tell you what scientifically it makes a ton of sense as well yeah you know great for your health great for the longevity of your life so if you want to die early then just don't buy stuff it's fine right no it's fine and if you just want to look just a hundred percent knots just styled on the beach that that's on you can't say it i was gonna say you want to look like a can't say it yeah like a loser then just don't wear our stuff. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, we have all the summer stuff rolling out. Tomorrow, it hits the stores. Friday, May 26th. Buy it up. Everything will ship on June 26th. So uh, have it for your vacations. If, yeah. you're, if you're leaving in July, if you're, you got the August vacation, I know that's pretty much like where everybody kind of schedules their vacations around. Sure. I'm pretty for sure. sure. Uh, so go get the stuff, theissuesports.com. Go to the shop. Check it all out. And we really appreciate it. All right. Enough about that. We have... The top 10 weapons rooms in the NFL. So that's including tight ends, running backs, wide receivers. Not quarterbacks. It's a little bit separate of a list. There'd be some shakeup if we were including quarterbacks. Um, Just weapons. Top 10. Entire NFL. And we'll follow that up with some sports news. But without further ado, let's get into our list. For those who are new to the show, we always start at 10. Go to 1. Starting at number 10, the Buffalo Bills. Now, I know a lot of people would say this is a little bit low. But running back's a weak spot for them. I do like that they got Dalton Kincaid, but tight end overall. Dawson Knox is a decent tight end. Feels more like a two than a one to me as a tight end. Uh, The production is a little bit lacking from that area. And outside of Diggs, I don't think there's a ton of reliable options. Gabe Davis is a little bit hit and miss. When he's on, this weapon room could be top five. But that's about every other week, if not every third week. Um, So the only real dependable one I'm getting is Stephon Diggs ton of other talent around them, not quite as dependable. That's why they're not a little bit higher. But at the end of the day, like I said, every other game, you're getting a dynamic weapons room, and you're always getting a really, really nice number one receiver in Stephon Diggs. So that lands up at number 10. Well, that's what we said. It's consistency, and is it proven? And and that's why a team that's not on this list, I'll spoil it now, the Jets, uh, they're probably rated 11. That's the last team that we were kind of debating about between Buffalo or New York. 
It's not proven. It's yeah. not proven whatsoever. And right. that's also the reason why Buffalo is further down the list because the consistency is not there. Right. Because we, we like, we think Brees Hall's a better running back than anybody that, that Buffalo has. Yes. Um, I, I like their depth. I love Garrett Wilson as their, as their wide receiver one. But we haven't seen him prove it as wide receiver one consistently. I mean, he's, it's only his second year. Not so. like Stephon Diggs. And to be fair, that might not be all his fault. I mean, he is Zach Wilson and Mike White thrown to him last year. So we'll see how he looks with Aaron Rodgers. You you contact me midseason, who knows? Maybe it's the Jets instead of the Bills. Sure. Number nine here, let's go with the Jags. So first of all, Evan Ingram is a really high-end tight end one. I like Travis Etienne as the running back. Absolutely. Um, and now you get Calvin Ridley as a wide receiver to go along with, what, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. Those had really nice top three. Um, so the Jags, do they even have, no, they don't think they have Zay Jones anymore. Maybe I'm tripping. I know they have Christian Kirk. No, I do think they have Zay Jones. Yeah, they do. I don't know. I'm tripping. But either way, even their top two, Christian Kirk and, and Calvin Ridley, is a pretty dynamic one-two punch. And uh, I think consistency as a whole here. Ridley, we've seen him do it. Right? I know we take a, took a year off, but we've seen him do it before. Christian Kirk, paid more like a one, but a really high-end number two receiver. Uh, ETN is a really, really solid back. Very good out of the backfield, which is what you want to be able to support a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. And Evan Ingram is almost wide receiver-like. That's how good he is at the tight end position. 100% agree there. Again, still young. A little bit inconsistent whether or not higher. And we need to see if Calvin Ridley can still be a number one like he was in Atlanta. Sure. Uh, number eight is going to surprise a lot of people. Let's go with the Kansas City Chiefs here. Now, people are like, eight, that seems low. Outside of Travis Kelsey, they do not have a ton of top-end talent. I mean, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony are number two, one and two receivers. Yeah. I like both of them as players. They're more like twos and threes, not ones and twos. Right. But Patrick Mahomes elevates them up to the where they look like ones and twos. But we're not counting Patrick what we Mahomes said, We're not this. factoring in quarterbacks into the weapons room. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I like um, the, the running back, Pacheco, the late-round pick. He's a pretty good running back. But, again, outside of Travis Kelsey, they do not have a ton of top-end talent. Yeah. <clears throat> dying over here. All right. Okay, the Chargers at seven. Love Keenan Allen. Love Mike Williams. They drafted a guy. Um, tight ends a little bit. Eh. Running back, they get Eckler back. That's fantastic. That's a really nice room. Yeah, it is. Um, and plus, like, they're on the come up now. They're starting to do things the right way. And you're finally starting to see steps <coughs> in the right direction from the Chargers and all their weapons. Dying over here. Okay, Minnesota at number six. Look, they draft Jordan Addison, so now you have Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, two of the cleanest route runners in the league. Jordan Addison is going to walk in day one and be a top five to ten route runner. He's that good. Yeah. Dalvin Cook's a really good back. Alexander Madison's probably the best backup running back in the league. Loaded. They're loaded. TJ Hawkinson at tight end. That's yeah. a really, really good uh, room right there. Again, without a proven number two, I can't elevate them any higher. And Dalvin Cook has had some injury problems. That's why they're not a little bit higher. But again, if Addison can be... 900 yards and seven touchdowns as a rookie, they're automatically probably a top five offense as opposed to close on the outside looking in at six. Oh, yeah. And I think this is one of those this is one of those rooms with a better quarterback. This team would be so much better. And you're going to see this as we go up the list, too. There are some extremely good weapons rooms that are really just missing that key piece. The next two, really. The yeah. next two and even number one. So uh, the next one here is Seattle at number five. Look, Tyler Lockett as a quick almost gadget-style receiver that is that is shifty, smaller, really good at route running, right? Yeah. And then you have DK Metcalf, who's a burner down the field, really nice at the jump ball, big target, catch radius, strong hands. So those two complement each other really well. And then you add one of the top slot guys available in Jackson Smith and Jigba in the draft. Yeah. 
unbelievable. I really liked Kenneth Walker as a rookie, and I think Zach Charbonnet, the the rookie out of UCLA who they just drafted this year, is a steal, a home run of a pick, two good backs, three good receivers. Tight end Noah Fant is, I think, a little bit overrated, but still a really nice B2B plus tight end. Very competent. Probably top 10, closer to 10 than one, but still a good, good tight end. Okay, number four, Miami. The two fastest. I mean, that's the fastest offense in the league, probably. I would say so. I mean, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. You lose Gesicki, but that's fine. They have a couple decent tight ends. I'm not super worried about that. It's a very tight end friendly system. Yeah. So they'll fit a guy in there nicely. Um, And what do they have? Like five good backs. Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. I mean, the, the you list can goes on. You swap guys in and out. You can hit them with fresh, fresh Miles Gaskin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, just five good backs, two good receivers, the fastest offense in the league. Um, and I think, although I don't know if we were including coaching in this in a sense, but the fact that the scheme fits so perfectly for their personnel and what elevates yes. everybody that gets into that system. Yeah. So that's... That's a factor that you have to weigh, even though we're not technically weighing. We're just weighing the talent, but the talent fits what they're doing so well. Yes. That it's it's you can't even judge the talent without the scheme that they're in, they all, and it's a scheme that fits so well for them. So they, they're at four. They all collectively mesh with the identity there. Yeah. Uh, and the biggest thing, like this was the team that I was referring to earlier, where they're just missing that quarterback now. Yeah. Because look, two is fine. But in that weapons room, if you have a guy, if you have the dude at quarterback with those weapons, that's a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you put a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen on that, That's it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. All right, the top three. Cincinnati's at number three here. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Arguably the top, like arguably the best wide receiver room in the league. Uh, tight end's fine. Leaves a little bit to be desired there. Joe Mixon's fine, but who knows if he's going to be on the field. He keeps beating people off the field. Unfortunately, yeah. that's just not a good human being off the field. So who knows if he's going to be able to stay on the field at back for them. When he is, though, he's a top seven running back. Uh, and like I said, probably the best wide receiver room in the league. I would say definitely in the AFC. I mean, who else can be? Philly's close, but I think... Like, Philly's close, but I think one and two, they match up fine with Philly. Yeah. And I think they're better at the three with Tyler Boyd. Yeah, in the AFC, they're number one. Yeah, easily, easily. So they they land at three here. Number two, you guessed it, would be Philly. Um, I like the pickup with DeAndre Swift a ton. I think he's a little overrated, but I think he's still a really, really high-end back. Um, You get A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins. Yeah. I like their tight end room with Dallas Goddard. That's a really nice tight end. So that's – and then that's a big reason for Jalen Hurts' success. A good way to measure is look at the quarterback – how much success has he had, right? Because outside of Patrick Mahomes, you can't do it with nobody. You just can't. Yeah. I mean, look at Stafford last year. Came in the season healthy, but outside of Cooper Cup, had nobody. The offensive line gets banged up. Next thing you know, we're like, is he washed? <laughs> right? Like Russell Wilson, for example, comes in, bad scheme. Uh, you know, their number two receiver gets hurt. Their running back gets hurt. Offensive line injuries. Is he the worst quarterback in the AFC? Right? So looking at what... They do to elevate the quarterback. Jalen Hurts went to and was an MVP level quarterback with that weapons room. I mean, it's unbelievable. And they also complement each other complement each other well. AJ Brown's a big possession receiver, yards after the catch, big body, strong hands. Devontae Smith, a little bit more speedy, route running prowess, right? You they complement each other well, there. right? Yeah, they mesh well. San Francisco's number one, though. And this is really not debatable, right? CMC. 
George Kittle, Debo Samuel. You could argue that that is the number one player at each position. Now, Debo, probably not. You could argue George Kittle is the number one tight end. Yep. You could argue CMC is the number one running back. Yep. Debo Samuel, now, for what he does, is probably the best in the league at it, which is like a slash, like end arounds, running backs, can run a dig route, will run between the tackles, tough, possession, has some speed to him. Right? One of the most... Arguably the most versatile player in football. Oh, you can use him for any. He's the Swiss Army knife on that, yeah. on that offense. And then you throw in Brandon Ayuk as the number two, and that's a really, really well-rounded room. Again, system, Kyle Shanahan's system fits perfectly. It is it's really a special room. If they don't find a quarterback within the next year, this core is going to fall out of its prime, and it'd be the biggest waste of a prime maybe ever. And it would be the most talented core to never win a Super Bowl. Yes, easily. By far. It has to be. It has, I mean, if Debo keeps up with the pace he's on, he's a Hall of Famer. George Kittle's probably already a Hall of Famer. Now, I know Trent uh, Brown, the, the tackle. Or Trent Williams. That's right, Trent Williams. I know he's not a weapon, but he's a left tackle. Probably one of the best of all time, at least of the last 20 years. He's going to be out of his prime. You'll have CMC, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Like You have four or five Hall of Famers on this offense. Yeah. You have to cash in. You, you have to. Let's go back to the list here. we got the Bills, the Jags, the um, Chiefs, Chargers, Vikings, Seahawks, Dolphins, Bengals, Eagles, Niners going 10 through 1. Their list is here. You can see it on your screen. Guys, let's get into some news now. All right. I'm going to take the lead on the news today. Dealing with a little bit of a sore throat over here. Going to give you that last little segment off. We're getting there. We're getting there. That's why I'm a little quiet today. (laughs) All right. But uh, story number one, we're going to start in the NHL. So the Pittsburgh Penguins, they received permission to meet with the former Leafs GM, Kyle Dubas. Now, this is going to be big because, I mean, the general manager, Ron Hextall, was horrific this season. He's been bad. Uh, just some bad signings, not moving off guys at the right time. And this is really like one of those staple positions within an organization, no matter the league, where if you don't have the right guy, it, you can see the ripple effects throughout the entire team. And I think you know, it's it's time to move on. And, you know, a guy like Kyle Dubas, who has been really good for the Leafs, he's 37 years old, young guy in the room, kind of gets the understanding of uh, the game of hockey and how it's evolved and where it's at today, I think would be a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I think it's I think it's odd as well because uh, what's it, I forget his name Tavo Tavo something Teravinen, the hockey player. He plays for either Florida or the Canes. I forget which one. I don't know. I hear his name a ton. I don't watch a ton of hockey, but whatever. He was supposed to be a Penguin, right? We had him in the works in a trade to be a Penguin. Hextall messed it up, and now he's had a really, really nice postseason. Yeah. It's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. Absolutely. Uh, For story number two, we're going to stay in the NHL. Playoffs are in full swing, and Sergei Brabovsky. Brabovsky? Brabovsky. Bingo. What's up? Recorded his first playoff shutout. Uh, Made 32 stops while saving 2.62 goals above expected on Monday evening. He's been fantastic, and he is on course for a career year. Um, Really just, I would say, the force driving the Panthers right now, especially against the the Canes, who have been a fantastic team. We talked about it earlier. Um, And goaltending in the playoffs is huge. It's paramount. And when you can shut a team out like the Canes to take a 3-0 lead in the series – 
massive. That's massive. Well, I, I mean, ask Pittsburgh fans how important goaltending is in, yeah. the, in the playoffs, right? The first two, we had two really good goalies in the in the when we won those cups back to back. Flurry and Murray, probably the best two goal. Those were two of the top ten goalies in the league at the time. Yeah, we had them both. You could swap them in and out. Uh, and now, recently, the playoff runs have been less effective. We've been winning less games, going less in the playoffs. We didn't make the playoffs this year. Um, and, and a large part of it is due to the goaltending. Jari and DeSmith just aren't a good enough duo, is what it is. But yeah, goaltending is very important. And it's weird how it can just kind of like take a nosedive and fall off. It can go from two really good ones to like now like a half a good one. Well, I mean, Jari was good too, for a long time. It seems like he still is good in a lot of pre, uh, regular season games. The postseason, for some reason, he just like shrinks almost. And that's where you got to have it. Is it too. Kirk Cousins? Is it either Kirk Cousins or goaltenders? <laughs> if prime time, big lights turn on, he just shrinks. Yeah. Um, perfect segue, though, into the NFL. So the NFL this season is going to start being able – you're going to be able to flex Thursday games to Sunday if need be. Now, the issues come up here a couple for a couple reasons. So – the fans, first of all, that buy the tickets, if you buy tickets for Thursday and then that game ends up getting flexed to Sunday night, that could be a huge issue. You're not guaranteed the tickets, though? No. Well, you are, but, I mean, like, for travel oh, and travel everything. travel and plans and stuff. And then the second big issue that everybody's been pushing back against is the networks. So now the networks, you know, it takes you, the crew. It yeah. Just the setup for this podcast alone, let alone covering an entire NFL game on Thursday night, and then having to move it to a different network, get guys out there to go call the game. Yeah, um, it's, so, a, I mean, it's a big ordeal. Yeah, being able to move that around is definitely going to be interesting. Um, but the only weeks that those are allowed are weeks 13 through 17. So giving teams that little bit of extra day uh, during kind of like the end portion of the season, which might like actually work in Pittsburgh's favor since we have that early bye. I kind I do kind of like that. Yeah, it would work in Pittsburgh's favor. I do like that because I don't like Thursday night games later in the season. Especially as you get close to the playoffs, as those games start to matter more and more and more, four days rest is just stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. Give the guys a full week. They've already played, what, 12, 13, 14, 15 weeks of football in a row now. Just keep it on Sunday. Make it easy. Yeah. Sunday, maybe Monday. I can see Monday. That's fine. Right. Thursday, that's just dumb. It's stupid. I think it just adds that little extra bit of, you know, you want the purest form of football. Yeah. Especially, especially in, in late season. Um, and, and you don't want teams getting screwed just because of scheduling yeah. <laughs> early on. Also, I mean, there's there's games. I mean, if you look at the schedule now for the Thursday night schedule, there's games that there's some teams that could be pretty pretty freaking bad by week 14 yeah nobody's gonna tune into that it's gonna get a horrible number right why not flex a different game into that or just flex that game out of there and call it a wash exactly yeah um so last story here we've kind of been ending the new segments on ufc a lot recently and yeah, it's gonna stay the same so john jones takes to social media this Amen. week uh going after francis and Ganu. as he should so if you don't remember francis signs his deal with the pfl the premier fighting league uh, so John Jones goes at him on social media, uh, you know, saying, you never tried to fight me. Yeah. yeah. You, you duck the fights. Uh, you can't call yourself the champ gets into a little bit of back and forth there, which opens up another little bit of a back and forth with the heavyweight boxing, uh, champion Tyson Fury I starts coming at John that. Jones a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so making some waves there. Look, it's nice to have. An alternative option, another league in the MMA, something away from the UFC, right? It, it, but 
to me, it almost feels like when the PGA kind of started losing some of their golfers to the, and, live, tour. And to the live tour. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's nice to be able to have that that differently because then you have more fights you yeah. have you have more talent being displayed and if people are good in that league they can move to the ufc or ufc moves to I, that league. yeah i was gonna say it it feels less like live because live pulled not only do they pull people like francis is the only big name the pfl has right now right and but so his deal is super lucrative though oh it is yeah and and maybe other people will follow that but the live tour pulled like five of the top 10 guys so that is almost is very close to equal with PGA right now. Yeah. Eh, not quite, but it's definitely closer in competition. To me, PFL feels like a, like minor leagues almost. Like it just, it feels like that's like this, like, like a step. Yeah, like a step before you get to the UFC. I mean, because the UFC has the big name. They have the branding that I think everybody's familiar with in the MMA. I, I'm sorry, if you're, if you're not a champion in the UFC, then you're not a champion. That's you're not fair. a world champion. You're a champion in that league. Good for you. That's fair. better than I'll ever be in fighting because I don't fight. But like, you're you're not a world champion. Like, that's fair. Like, grow up. Come on. Uh, but that's it. That's all the stories we have. John Jones. Side note: would would absolutely destroy Tyson Fury. Oh yeah. I saw Fury was mad at Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan agrees. He said that Joe John Jones would be Tyson Fury. Well, look, I I think anybody with a brain that's watched fighting would be able to tell you that Tyson, Tyson Fury is, isn't exactly. John Jones would get him to the ground and it would be it. That'd be it. It'd be over. Well, how about like a spinning leg kick? Yeah. Anything. I mean, we've and seen John Jones part. fight. Yeah, here's the scary part. Like, I even if it's boxing, like John Jones would still hold his own. I'm not sure he wins, but I think John Jones would hold his own more in Tyson's sport than Tyson would hold his own in John's sport. For sure, that makes sense. For sure, which is why like John he, would tap John, John would tap Tyson in in, a, in under a minute. Yeah. I think so. It'd be it'd be unfair. Um, but either way, that's all we have for you guys today. So make sure you're going to the website, theissuesports.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter. They come out every single Wednesday. Uh, you'll know what's on the show to come on Thursday. Uh, kind of be in that loop, get the information a little bit quicker. And while you're on the website, go check out the shop. We had our summer, our summer line is dropping tomorrow on Friday, May 26th. Go check it all out. There's great stuff there. Uh, and I think you guys should be pretty happy with that. But until then, uh, we will be back next Thursday to give you another episode. Guys, thanks for watching or listening, and that was The Issue.